you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We're live in New York City. It's a special Wednesday, April 5th. I'm Jamie Erdahl because I get to say this. That is Kyle Brandt. Yeah. That is Peter Stringer. Yeah. And that is Jason McCourty. Guys, it's been almost seven weeks. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Feels good. Back. Running back. it back. It's good to see these three faces right yes. in front of How's it feel for you, Jamie? It feels great. Yes. Everyone is where they are meant to be. Indeed. And I never know what you're going to say, but at least I know where it's coming from. Uh-huh. Time for the lead block. Lead, lead block. block. Lance Zerline's mock draft 3.0 dropped yesterday. And uh, this one's a doozy. Kind of threw it for a loop yesterday when we were talking about these possibilities. He's got three quarterbacks going in round one, but not in a way that anyone else has suggested thus far. He's got the Panthers taking Bryce Young at one, followed by some wild trades that actually send C.J. Stroud to the Ravens at four, and then Will Levis heading to Las Vegas to play for the Raiders at seven. Texans trading up to get him. Texans trading up to get to Will Levis, excuse me, um, for that Raiders pick. His final first-round quarterback, Anthony Richardson, lands with the Patriots at 14. Uh, Here's Lance explaining the pick on last night's Mock Draft Live. Let's see. Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, supposedly there were some issues between the two of them. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. And if Bill Belichick is not on board with Mac Jones, this really wouldn't be a hard one for me. It might even it might even necessitate a trade-up where Bill Belichick says, hey, Bailey's happy year one and Anthony Richardson year two, and that's how we're going to do this. And Mac Jones, we move for a second-round pick. I think there would be some value on the market for uh, Mac Jones as a potential quarterback this year in the draft or even after the draft. Okay. All right. That's a theory. It's yes. an interesting one put forth by Lance and uh, quite the intrigue hypothetical outcome. So thoughts on offseason rumblings uh-huh. out of Foxborough in particular when you consider that Lance has New England and Bill Belichick selecting a quarterback mm-hmm. when, Peter, they have one going into his third year. The word I got last year, last offseason, I was one of those who was like Mac Jones, sneaky MVP, mm-hmm. like, you know, dark like horse in, uh, during the offseason. because. Mm. Everyone was just raving about Mac Jones last summer. Like yeah. it was as if, all right, he had this great stretch to end the season, takes him to the playoffs, they get blown out by Buffalo, but like, oh my God, the sky's the limit. And there wasn't even a debate. It was Mac Jones was the best quarterback of that draft class that year. And that included Trevor Lawrence, included Justin Fields, it included Trey Lance. Mac Jones was a, you you couldn't picture a different 180 from the whispers we hear out of Foxborough. And that might not be from Mm. Bill Belichick. That might not be from the players. That might just be from the local media saying, well, we're hearing things from this person and this person. Mac had a rough year last year. I don't think the Patriots did much to help Mac last year. It seemed like they didn't have a successor ready for when Josh McDaniels took the job in Las Vegas. And it wasn't a shocker that McDaniels would someday take a head coaching job. He was offered interviews every single year and turned them down. And then they said, let's do this two-headed monster of maybe it's Matt Patricia and maybe it's Joe Judge and we already have people in-house. 
When Josh McDaniels took that job in Las Vegas, he not only went there, he took Mick Lombardi, he took several different offensive coaches with him, took several players that were veterans. And it was like, all right, Mac, year two, figure it out, pal. Um, I'm not saying Mac Jones, the stuff that you're hearing, that that they might be looking to shop him, whatever. I haven't heard that. But when he comes off the league meetings where every single media member is there, and you've got Belichick there, and you've got Kraft there, and you've got Jonathan Kraft there. I'm not going to poo-poo any of that stuff either because the timing is, hey, we're all together. Houston, Nick Casario, you worked for us. Las Vegas, Josh McDaniels, you worked for us. Yeah, a conversation might happen. Mm-hmm. Of, what do you think of Mac Jones? What's the quarter? I, I'm not going to say that, there, that there's no smoke to that fire. And if Richardson's sitting there at 14, just as Mac Jones was sitting there at 15, <laughs> I would not be surprised that Friday morning we come on and be like, I can't believe the pay. I wouldn't say it. Uh-huh. Richardson's a prospect that I think might go in the top five. If uh-huh. he slips to 14, yeah, the yeah, Patriots sure. should take him, or they should at least consider it. But all the smoke coming out of there, I, I don't think Mac was done many favors last year. And if suddenly you're like, hey, he's not what we want, well, why don't we give him a year with some actual coaching and some surrounding pieces that we say, mm-hmm. all right, this is mm-hmm. a fair mm-hmm. shot at it in year number mm-hmm. three. Thank you. The way you just ended is where I want to pick up from. I think for Mac Jones, you look at last year and you just talked about it, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge being asked to coach on the offensive side of the ball and just kind of figure things out. And obviously he struggled. I think any player would only in his second year still learning what it means to be a pro and you lose the main voice that you heard in your rookie year. And when we look at Mac Jones, I want to take a look back to his rookie year because it's not only the smoke of the reports coming out of Foxborough, but there's a lot of fans as well. Like, we need to play Zappy, We need to go get Lamar Jackson. Mac Jones was really good as a rookie. He came in after Brady leaves, Cam Newton comes from a year, took him on a seven-game win streak, and look at where his numbers placed him of quarterbacks in the NFL during that streak. Mac Jones had 10 wins in his rookie season, led all rookies in passing yards and touchdowns. This guy was unbelievable, and skies was the limit after his rookie year. And I love Joe Judge, and I love Matt Patricia. They're two really good football coaches. But as they take over an offense, and they were kind of co-coordinators, quarterback coaches, Positions that they hadn't held, it's not fair to Mac Jones. And we've heard Robert Kraft come out as the owner and say he really likes Mac Jones, and he said we didn't do him any favors in his second year. So I think these rumblings and everything we're hearing, we need to slow down. Let's see what Mac Jones does in year three with a guy like Bill O'Brien coming back, who has a ton of experience, a ton of success in the NFL, in the college ranks, and let's see what Mac is able to do in his third year as quarterback for the Mm. New England Patriots. Let's see how he overcomes all this adversity of all the conversations being had and all of these different things. But be careful what you wish for in hopes of there's something better on the other side, that the grass is greener, Mm -hmm. because Mac was really good in his rookie year. Let's see what he can become. We were at the annual meeting. They're still entertaining the Bailey Zappi conversation. Mm -hmm. And so everyone will get a chance to play. Wow. I think it's fascinating that we are headed into this football season and the Patriots are projected as fourth in the division. They're also the least interesting, least dangerous team in the division. That goes back 25 years. Like, we have not talked about that maybe even since the 90s. I pulled up a headline from 2001. Of course, the Patriots wanted to win the Super Bowl that year, but the headline going into this season from the Gazette Journal was, in Boston, baseball and basketball are the only things that matter. Football is just a little diversion between the Red Sox and the Celtics season. Mm. The Celtics right now are second in the East. Jason Tatum's putting up 30 points. The Bruins have won 11 of 12. Like, is there any buzz at all about the New England Patriots right now? Devin McCourty, an all-time player, just retired, and it's like, maybe we'll start over, and then the leather teams are just going to run roughshod on us. That's not going to happen on Belichick's watch. I'm watching Succession last night. (laughs) That's Belichick. He's Logan Roy. That's the guy. He built this empire. He's at the end of the line, and you got these kids just nipping at him. 
and the, uh, the Bills are Kendall, like the kind of prince in waiting. The Dolphins are Shiv, planning, smart, savvy, which would make the Jets Roman. A lot of jokes about them. But, you know, he might have some tricks up his sleeve at the end. Did they explode any rockets? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but the kids all basically just want the dad to die. Just lie down and die and let us take over. And he bleeping won't. Mm. And he's rolling up his sleeves. And you know what Belichick's not going to do? He's not going to do nothing. There's something coming. Mm. And it was a couple years ago. It was just spend, 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 spend. And that didn't really work out. If he doesn't think that the Mac Jones deal is going to get him a title, is going to get him back where he belongs, get him out. Get busy living and get busy dying. I do not think the last chapter of Bill Belichick's career is going to be him lying around, lazily going to 7-10 and 10 and letting the Bills and Dolphins and all these young coaches, young quarterbacks just usher him out the door. Like, this is like Richard III type stuff going on here, where, like, he will have his revenge and he will do something, even if it's nuclear, even if it's trading up and getting the quarterback and cutting this person. These guys don't take losing well. Look what McVay just did. Just cleaned house yeah. and his entire yeah. coaches. You're out. You're out yeah. for one losing season. Do you know who I think is more restless than even Logan Roy, Bill Belichick? I think Bob Kraft is more restless. Mm, I yeah. think Bob Kraft is looking at this team and is saying, I don't enjoy this at the moment. I don't like being the team in the middle of the pack. And the patriarch is obviously in the coaching staff, Bill Belichick, but I also think the owner is like, let's get it going here. So there might be some pressure to do it. We had Judon here, Matthew Judon, sat here for two days and we're just asking him, can you win in the division with Mac Jones? Seriously? He's like, our defense is really good. That's not what I asked, Matt. I know your defense is good. Mm-hmm. Are, are this, is this little regime here of defense and running the ball going to beat the Bills? And the, I, I don't know. There may have to be some dramatic things done, and there's nothing more dramatic than switching quarterbacks. I really chuckle when Devin McCourty retired, not because he retired, but because of 10 immediate tweets following one of the congratulatory announcements that the Patriots put out about Devin McCourty and his illustrious career in New England. Nine of those tweets were fans calling, do something in free agency. It was like, we get it. Mm -hmm. He's retired. We love the guy, but he's not our guy anymore, and he's choosing that, and that's okay. But it was incredible that in that moment in time, this was Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, how restless the fans were. I also found it incredibly compelling at the league meeting that you have John Harbaugh sitting there answering I love Lamar Jackson 200% a guy that he doesn't even know if he's going to have back and when you choose to not say something about somebody and how Bill Belichick says everyone's going to play and I've had 25 years of this trust me with what I'm doing he chose not to speak highly of Mac Jones in a situation like that I'm sure Mm -hmm. he was asked but when something especially somebody as cunning as him Bill Belichick when he chooses to not (laughs) uh, rain down adoration of one of his players I think he does it with intention. Mm. Uh, Mac Jones doesn't help himself either, I think, with some of his stuff that yeah. we've seen going mm-hmm. on. Out of curiosity's sake, what do you think? Do you think there's a market? Like, you say Lamar Jackson, is there a market? Do you think there's a market for Mac Jones? Do you think if you were to say, let's put Mark, Mac Jones on the block, do you get anything back, or is that a third, fourth-round pick at this point? I'm looking around the AFC, and I'm like, i got to compete with Burrow and Allen and Mahomes. Like, am I loading up with Mac Jones and having him throw 45? It doesn't entice me. It doesn't. The one team that I saw on the list that I think would work was the Texans because, again, I say I feel that D'Amico Ryans could create a juggernaut there defensively for what he is equipped with mm-hmm. doing in his history. Go out and get a quarterback like that. You don't have to waste mm-hmm. that top pick mm-hmm. on a quarterback. Mac is young enough that I feel like there are still people that were in love with him coming out for the draft that may believe, hey, from what he did his rookie year, mm-hmm. if we get him in our system – we think sky's the limit for him. He doesn't jump off as that talented to me. I mean, he's, he's talented, of course, but he's just he's going against these unicorns. No it's doubt like, about it. We don't have one of them. There's just only a few of them. Like, so it's just, unless you believe Anthony Richardson is that unicorn, and not just a good player that can start for our NFL team, but a Joe Burrow, a yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Like Once yeah. we insert him, he's changing mm-hmm. the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. It's just like, eh. 
This has been Mac Jones's lot in life, though. At Alabama, he played behind Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. and yeah. then Tua Tungavailoa. Mm-hmm. He was the fifth quarterback, I think, on the list at one point when he was at Alabama, and then for mm-hmm. him to come out and have a single season that earned himself a way into being a top-round pick, I mean, he's not uncomfortable, I think, whatsoever with yeah. being a guy Without who's... a ton of weapons. It's not like he was throwing a ball to Randy Moss out there mm-hmm. in his rookie Last year, yeah. right, yeah. exactly, yeah. It's time now for a big deal or no big deal. We're going to start with Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. He has been a talk of the draft since the combine. Richardson expected to meet with a few teams ahead of the draft, including, drumroll, mm. the Baltimore Ravens. Sure. Anthony Richardson meeting with the Ravens in light of everything going on with Lamar Jackson's situation. Is that a big deal, Peter, or is that no big deal? Mm. Big deal. <laughs> you don't meet. You only get 30 visits. Mm-hmm. You don't meet with a quarterback if you have one in your security. You use those 30 visits to look at different positions that you might want to address. You know, the Ravens, they have a lot of needs other than quarterback mm-hmm. as well. And I would think that them meeting with Richardson is not only a statement within the building of, hey, we've got to consider different quarterback options. It's a statement to Lamar. It's yeah. a statement to Lamar saying, hey, we need to start thinking about contingency plans as well. I think it is a big deal. I don't poo-poo just visits because, hey, they want to take information mm-hmm. from the guy. No, the Ravens, they have no chance of getting Anthony Richardson where they are right now, sitting at 22. They'd have to move up to do it. And if they're going to move up to do it, that probably means he's their starting quarterback moving Mm. forward, not Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I'm right with Peter. I think this is a huge deal for Baltimore. The whole entire offseason, the conversations have been centered around them and their quarterback and Lamar Jackson. So they're taking the time to bring in Richardson. And he already said it. He said he's looking forward to April 27th because Lord knows what can happen the day and night of the draft. So this is exciting to see. I still do think Lamar has to be a priority for them. I don't think Richardson is a guy that's going to come in and just take over and start winning a ton of games right away, but it kind of brings the reality that Lamar may not be back and they may have to move on and get a guy like Richardson. Let me ask you, you're Lamar Jackson this morning, you got our show on, you got your Twitter open, of course. You're watching this. Uh, Does it A... Do anything? Does it move the needle at all to you that you see that they're bringing in, uh, you know, Richardson? B, does it shake you up at all? C, does it piss you off? Ah, doesn't shake me up at all if I'm Lamar Jackson. I think for him, the proof is in the pudding. What he's already done on the field is just like, hey, if they go get Richardson and I'm out the door, I'm going to be somewhere. I'm going to be balling on Sundays, Mm. and I'm going to make some franchise a lot better Mm. when I step in the door. He's getting his workout in right now with the entire gym. He's got us on that little uh, giant uh, iPad thing that is attached to it. I love the entire gym, Peter. You missed it. It's no big deal if they just, you know, meet with him. Nice to meet you. How are you? Great player. It's a big deal if they turn it into a war tactic. I want them to go big on this. You know who's really operative? than this, whoever runs Baltimore Ravens Twitter. I want pictures. I want video. I want handshakes. I want them to do the whole, like, walk into M&T Bank Stadium. Now, at quarterback, Anthony Richley just completely oh, recruited in college style. Yeah, I know. It. I know. That's why I'm here for it. I want to see this produced, and I want this put out, like, Look at us. We're going on a date, and maybe we'll go out mm. with this person long term. You want to get back in here in negotiations? I think you have to sell it. I think it is a war tactic. I think it is. We are in it now. Mm. We're weeks away mm. from the draft. The gloves are off. Yep. I think you meet with them, and I think you let everyone know you're meeting with them, and you love them. Mine is a very specific big deal as well. If the Ravens trade up, and that trade involves shipping Lamar Jackson out with that trade to go to the Tex, hey, go to the Texans. Texans will take your pick, and we'll take Anthony mm-hmm, Richardson. Or mm-hmm. If it's a big deal to me if this visit mm. then implies it green it greenlights something that involves Lamar going somewhere else. That's why I would fire me up if I was Lamar Jackson. would be like, great, options, please mm. keep the options coming mm. because it would imply also that the feelings have been too hurt. The bridges have been burned in Baltimore. What a story. Coming up, the countdown no is on for the NFL draft. This prospect stock is rising and whose is falling? We're going to dig into that later on. Watch the draft on Friday night. What are we doing? 
Right? Don't take away from Craig. Hell yeah, we get it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? We're back on Good Morning Football. It's time for Whiteboard Wednesday. Our GMFB band is back together on our reunion tour, and I uh, can't get rid of us now ahead of the NFL draft. Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco had an impressive rookie season, but that doesn't mean he's slowing down, as he should not. Pacheco told reporters recently, quote, I still think there's more to improve when asked about his goals for his second season. The player that you think entering his second year will have the biggest improvement is as follows, Peter. Mm. I think there's such a difference from year one as an NFL mm-hmm. player to year two. You start to get your grip. You understand your way around the facility. You understand the grind of the season. And in a lot of cases, you're finally getting the number one reps. The NFC South is wide open and the Atlanta Falcons could have done a lot of things at quarterback and they are sticking by their guy. Mm. I'm going with Desmond Ritter, their third round Mm. pick from a year ago, who Arthur Smith is putting his name behind and saying, we don't need Lamar Jackson. We don't need to go make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not out there looking to trade for Tannehill, who Arthur had in Tennessee for years. I think Desmond Ritter, not only is he going to make an improvement, he has to be much improved because there are expectations in Atlanta that with what they brought in and Clayus Campbell signing this week, like a veteran player looking for a ring going to the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter has to be better. It has to be more improved. He showed flashes at the end, but he was by no means a a, a no-brainer. This is our guy. Um, They must know something that we don't from based on the film last year. Desmond Ritter, I expect massive improvement. Otherwise, they would have made a move this year. Yeah, Yeah, we all were sitting there saying, hey, Lamar Jackson would be the perfect fit for Atlanta, and they stayed put. Uh, I'm going up in Buffalo, and I'm going with Jimbo, a.k.a. James Cook. This is a guy they drafted out of Georgia last year, and we've already heard Sean McDermott say, hey, my quarterback can't keep playing the way that he plays the game. So, hey, why not hand the ball off a little bit more and get the ball in the hands of James Cook? He has switched from 28 to number four, matching his brother Dalvin up in Minnesota. And I know they signed Damian Harris over from the New England Patriots, but I still think there's an opportunity for James Cook to be the guy. When they drafted him in the second round last year, they knew Singletary was going into the last year of his deal. And this is an opportunity for Cook, who came on later in the season last year, to really take the reins of this RB1 position, and he's a guy in the open field. When he gets it, he's dangerous. So I can't wait to see what he does this upcoming season. Both your guys to start both feel like a they better kind of guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if this is that scenario for the Lions, but the Lions have a lot of heat Mm. on them right now. And it would be better for the Lions if Jamison Williams came on hot in his second season. The wide receiver out of Ohio State transferred to Alabama, tore his ACL at the end of Alabama's championship year. So it took him a beat to come back through his first season, but Recently, he's been posting pictures on Instagram that he's working out with Amon Ross St. Brown. His Amon Ross St. Brown's dad is a trainer, and we all oh, yeah. miss former Mr. Oh, yeah. Universe, of course. So he feels like he's in the right hands. I think it's a good thing, Jay, if guys are hanging out in the offseason and getting working together. He's a great talent, but we didn't see a lot of him last year. And, man, it would be great for Jared Goff if James Williams came on in his sophomore season. Hell, yes, it would. Yep. I was in a hotel at the Super Bowl, and I was in the elevator, and I, there's a, a guy I reckon, who is that? Who is that? I know that player. I know that player. And I'm looking at him, looking at him. 
And after a while, the door opens. He goes, "Hey, Kyle, Amon Ra, how you doing, man? Love the show." <laughs> yeah, like, damn it! <laughs> I knew that was Amon Ra, but he just said, "Love the show." I thought it was so cool. Yep. Don't forget every once in a while, guys. Don't forget to check in on the Steelers. Kenny Pickett, right here, guys. It, it is a uh, there's a lot more interesting teams right now, a little sexier teams. Just understand that in the last eight games of the season, we weren't talking a ton of Steelers. Last eight games, Kenny Pickett threw one interception in eight games, and they went six and two, and they are poised. They got the 17 pick in the draft. It's one of these middle picks that doesn't get talked about much. Don't ever forget to check on Carnegie and Rockefeller in the <laughs> NFL. They are always strong. They always matter. You go ahead and chase the crappy teams drafting at the top and talk about the really great teams from last year drafted at the end. Don't forget Kenny Pickett. He played really well at the end of last year, and Steelers came tearing down the stretch. Kenny Pickett, big jump. Jason, I think you would agree that, uh, especially in our first year on the show, anytime that Kyle or Peter say to you, like, oh, that was a good idea, or like, oh, you really delivered that well, it's mm -hmm. like a badge of honor. Oh, like, thank you. 100%. Yesterday. Yeah. yesterday, yeah. I said, garage door defense. <laughs> and Kyle looked at me and said, did you just come up with that? And I was like, it was word vomit, and that's what came out. Um, yes. So it's in reference to teams that have defenses now. It just slammed the garage door in a team. It's awesome. Like, I'm using put it. Put them in the garage, shut them down. <laughs> you ain't going anywhere. So let's have everybody make up a football term. Okay. Um, I don't get to go because I already came up with mine. What would you like, Peter, to introduce to the football lexicon? You know, for years we've been doing this show, and when there's a, one of these great shootouts or there's big offensive games, I'd say, like, this reminds me of a Mountain West game or <laughs> this reminds me of an Air Coriel offense. I've got a new yeah. one, and it's in honor of the passing of one of the great college coaches of all time. I'm going to go with this. Anytime we get one of these big shootouts, mm. that's a Mike Leach game. Mike Leach game. That's a Mike Leach game. I'm talking like about that. 28. The Monday night football game between the Chiefs and the Rams that was like 54-51. Any of these big shootouts, let's give a shout out to one of the greats and let's always keep his name in America. And I will I will hold myself to this. If we get one of these big offensive shootouts next year, you better believe that Monday morning I'm like, this was the Mike Leach game because Mike Leach would have appreciated it. And it's also all we love about what he brought to the air raid and all that. So I'm like say, that. a Mike Leach game just means a ton of points. And, of course, we miss it's one of the great coaches game. and yeah. personalities that we lost last fall. Mm -hmm. I'm all for that. Uh, I'm going to honor another coach. My term is going to be smoke and mirrors. Okay. Trick plays aplenty. And the guy I'm talking about is Andy Reid. The plays that he comes up with for the defense. We call this smoke and mirrors because you have no idea what's going to happen. And the term smoke and mirrors came back in 1770. Johann George Schrofer. He was canceled. a guy that was conning people. Possibly, I have no idea. We'll, we'll look it up in the in the break. He was conning people with coming up with ways of an illusion that there was an object floating. He was really doing it with a projector screen. Uh. That is Andy Reid. Coming up with these amazing plays from Snow Globe to all in between where you have no idea where the ball is going to be, where it's going to snap, and the next thing you know, somebody's running at you full speed. Shout out to Andy Reid, Smoke and Mirrors. That's great. The creator, I, I think, had some problematic views back in the day on a variety of issues. Who knows? My favorite thing about watching Red Zone, you know I love watching Red Zone, mm -hmm. they're whole algorithm and their whole operation is based on such and such team is getting close. So let's go to Carolina or let's go to Detroit where they're knocking on the door. Mm. What I love is when they are completely caught unprepared <laughs> and there's a 78-yard <laughs> touchdown, which I want to call a long TD as a red zone breaker. Yeah. Because then they go eh, 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 and it's like, alarm, alarm. Break away from Pittsburgh. We have to take you to Green Bay where Aaron Jones and it's like, Hanson is just like completely frazzled and he locks in and you know the producers are saying, go to Green Bay, go to Green Bay. It's so fun and it makes Red Zone alive. You know when they punch in another one-yard touchdown with Jamal Williams for the Lions, that's great, and it goes for your fantasy squad. But I like the long ones that they're not prepared for. A long touchdown, this sucker broke Red Zone. It is a Red Zone breaker. That is my new term. I like it. That yeah. was perfectly delivered. Thank you. All right.
All right, well, let's take a look at the top 10 picks in the 2023 NFL Draft. Our experts, our experts are delivering comprehensive breakdowns of every draft need for all 32 teams. Let's focus on one of those teams right now, though. Our crew from Path to the Draft, take it away. What are we looking at? Friends, welcome to the Path to the Draft set. Rhett Lewis, Bucky Brooks back here with you. We get to welcome Daniel Jeremiah to the party today as we assess, gentlemen, what the Cardinals are going to do at number three. So obviously the Bears, once they moved out of number one, Cardinals became maybe a big trade target there at three. DJ, what do you think they should do? Yeah, I think that's where the draft starts, and I think that's what they should do is trade. When you look at the roster of the Arizona Cardinals, might be the worst in the entire league. They are in rough shape. They are not one player away. As much as I love some of the options they would have there picking at number three, assuming two quarterbacks go one and two, they need a lot of help, and I think if you can slide back, you'll be able to get health on both sides of the ball, especially as you look at Kyler Murray. He's going to be coming back from injury. It's going to take a while to get him back up and running. I want some more pieces in front of him when he does come. Back. No, and let's take the Kyler Murray conversation because you talk about a team that needs a lot of help. And so I just think if you're Monty Austin Ford, maybe you have to consider taking a quarterback oh. if he's there. Not because Kyler Murray isn't a good player, but we talk about the best way to build a Super Bowl team is with a young quarterback on a cheap deal. So maybe you have an opportunity at three to get a dynamic player. Maybe you go for Anthony Richardson. Find a way to auction off Kyler Murray, oh, and then man. you have an opportunity to get some assets back to build up your team. Look, it may seem far-fetched. It may be pie-in-the-sky stuff, but if you feel like Anthony Richardson is going to be a special player, you can make the move now. And remember, Jonathan Gannon was a part of the Philadelphia Eagles that benefited from having a quarterback in Jalen Hurts, who replaced Carson Wentz one year after sign. He, he signed a big money deal. Seatbelt sign is already on at the third overall pick. If that happens, it's going to be some turbulent water <laughs> in Kansas City on April 27th. Look, I'm all in. Hey, reset the whole dang thing while we're you at it. You notice Bucky's voice goes up an octave when he swings <laughs> for the fences like this. It just it go rises it. up. Go. Well, he always hits, too. Yeah. So, it's not a strikeout guy <laughs> over here. Uh, that was good. Uh, just a couple of quick teams, by the way, that might trade up. If you're the Cardinals looking to get out of there, what do you think? I think 5, 7, 11. You look at Seattle, you look at Vegas, then you look at Tennessee. Those are the three teams you can make a strong argument to get up and get Trying somebody. to get quarterback three, perhaps, at number three right there with the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> a lot of options on the table uh, for the Cardinals franchise. Be sure to join us each and every weekday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Path to the Draft. All right, Peter, let's pick that apart. What do you think about, uh, in particular, what the Cardinals should do at three? Yeah, look, that comment by Daniel Jeremiah is not a hot take that he says they have one of the worst rosters in football. Mm. It is bare bottom right now, and their situation is a complete rebuild in that you have a new general manager, a new coach. You've got a quarterback coming off an ACL. There are zero expectations for the Cardinals mm -hmm. here. So to me, I'd say it's take the best player available. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think Kyler Murray is a tradable asset at the moment. He's got a torn ACL, and his contract mm -hmm. is as big as anybody's in the league. I'm not sure anybody's trading for Kyler. So I would think you take the best player available, and that's either Will Anderson or it's Jalen Carter, whatever you do on their mm -hmm. board, or you trade back and collect some picks and try to build. But quarterback to me, they're not a quarterback away, and I certainly don't think quarterback is any, but I like that Bucky went for it. Yeah, I respect the take it. I don't think it's outrageous yeah. either, the mm -hmm. idea they would do it. The only thing I disagree on is they would do it only for reasons of finances. That Well, because yeah. you can get a cheap quarterback as a rookie, if that was the case, then the Bengals should draft a quarterback. And there's a lot of stuff that comes with Kyle that has nothing to do with his finances, and I think if that happened, I think that would play a huge role in it. Yeah, it would be huge. And I think to your point where Kyler, we don't know what he's going to be, not only with the injury, but kind of what he's shown us on the field. We keep saying about the potential. Now, John 
something Gannon did say when he got there, we need to get some weapons, and he had the pew, pew, pew mm -hmm. going all over the field. Mm -hmm. So to that point, what Daniel Jeremiah is talking about, I think you go for it. You trade back, and you get more assets. They're not going to be good next year. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, whether it's a rookie in Anthony Richardson or obviously when Kyler Murray comes back. Get as many good players as you possibly can. Yeah, for as highly as I think of some of the defensive guys available in the top five, I think having more options than just one guy, they have a lot more problems than just getting one edge rusher, and that's what's going to change the game. Uh, we're still in our game. Things will look a lot different for Derek Carr in 2023. Which team will have more success? Is this his old one or his new love? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. some news out of Vegas yesterday. The Raiders signing Brian Hoyer to a two-year contract. He's heading into his 15th season after spending the last three in New England. He'll, of course, be backing up off-season arrival Jimmy Garoppolo. Another newcomer, former NFL wide receiver and return man Danny Amendola joins the Vegas coaching staff. Hoyer and Amendola both very familiar with Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels, of course, as his time working for Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. Of course, the most noteworthy exit, though, from Las Vegas was that of Derek Carr, who now calls New Orleans home. It was a very clunky exit for Carr, and the Raiders certainly hope that they got the right guy this time. That led us to wonder, though, between these two, the Saints and the Raiders, which team has a better shot at immediate success? Mm -hmm. Is it Derek Carr's old team mm -hmm. or his new team, Kyle? First of all, we got to get Danny Amendola on the show. It's been way too long. Now mm -hmm. he's coaching. Let's, uh, I mean, let's go. Let's go. Danny, get in here. Let's talk about some Raiders. Did you watch him on that Fox show where he was, a, he was like a, he was in training yeah. for the military and he's competing. He, he knocked out Dwight Howard in the octagon. They had a, they were doing this thing where they were military training and he knocks out Dwight Howard and like Amendola's like half his size. Six foot 11? Yes. It oh was incredible. Gosh. It was great. So I see him. He said it was tough as hell too. Like <laughs> body beat up. Like, yes. Can we get Danny on? Special yeah. Forces, world's toughest right. test. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him running around on the beach with Brady, and he looks yeah. all ripped yeah. and everything. They were in Bahamas, yep. It's pretty good. All right, so he's coaching the Raiders. I'm also going to say Derek Carr's new team. Sorry, Danny. I'm, I'm looking at the Saints. Saints are one of the most interesting teams from last year. It's just a bizarre season in which they just stuck with Andy Dalton and stuck with him, and they just – Jameis never went in, and they just kind of died on a vine and weren't good and finished 7-10. and 10. But I'm more optimistic than that because I'm just at this place with the Raiders where they're so exciting and they're so fun and they're so sexy. And they're so, but, like, you have to do something about Mahomes before we can talk about you doing anything in the playoffs. There's an issue with the Raiders where you cannot talk about the Raiders – Without talking about this guy, mm. he's nine and one against you. His, his quarterback rating is like 112, and I'm Raiders fans were like, "Shut up!" Should I? <laughs> you, he's in your division. This is not like Josh Allen's issue or Burrow's, like where they have to face Mahomes eventually in the play. You got to face him twice a year, and he just kills you mm -hmm. more so than he does everybody else. It's a special thing for them. So. Listen, we'll see what happens at the draft. And Max Crosby had a hell of a season, and it just didn't mean anything against the Raiders because I cannot get excited about the Raiders right now when I still see that the player of mass destruction is in their division just doing whatever the hell he wants at least twice a year. So please, come up with something new against this man, Jimmy Grapple. That's great. 
Devonta Adams, that's great. Neither one of them are touching 15 in red, and I, I, I'm sorry if it's defeatist and it's not optimistic. It's practical, though. It's real talk. Man, you said it. I, wanna, I, I, I don't like saying it, but come on. Yeah, Am I wrong? Fair. No, tell it's, me I'm wrong? No, it's, it's not only Mahomes. I mean, you look at these two teams, the, the team you just left and the Raiders and the team that Derek Carr joined in the Saints, and you look at quarterback play, because when you're trying to determine success, it all starts at who's taking the snap from the center, and you look at the quarterbacks in the division that he just left and the quarterbacks in the division that he just joined and who they're going to be yeah. playing against. It's just like, my goodness, take your pick. Who do you want to play against as a team? I mean, you have MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs, a ton of Pro Bowls, all pros. Russell Wilson, yes, he struggled last year, but you looking throughout his career and the potential of what he can become if he can get back to who he was, a Super Bowl himself, Justin Herbert, rookie of the year, Pro Bowl, a guy that's up and coming. And it's just like nothing against these guys. I've played against some of them, but I'd much rather play against Baker Mayfield and Andy Dalton, and I think I like my chances of what they're going to do from an offensive standpoint if I'm game-planning defensively, and then a young guy in Desmond Ritter. So you look at who Vegas has to go against potentially in their division and try to win week in and week out, and for Derek Carr joining the South and the NFC, it's just like, my goodness, the Saints, you, you definitely have to win this division and take advantage of who your opponents are going to be. If I'm just looking at this on paper, it's hard to say, even though you can like the moves that the Raiders did, bringing Garoppolo, bringing back Josh Jacobs and some of the signings that they've had, it's very hard to say, oh yeah, I see the Raiders mm -hmm. being an extremely successful team next mm -hmm. year. You know, I, I find the Saints really interesting also because this could have been a good time for them to rip the Band-Aid off, turn the page and say, let's go into a rebuild. You know, a lot of those mm -hmm. veterans are aging right now and you look at, they don't have a first round pick, they traded that away last year and they went 7-10 last year. So you're like, you know what? Let's just tear the whole thing down. Mm -hmm. Sean Payton's no longer here. Let's build it up with some new guys and let's build for the future. They didn't do that. Like, they doubled down. They went and they gave Derek Carr, a veteran, a huge contract to come in. They wooed him. They courted him. They traveled to Indianapolis to meet with him. And they signed that deal immediately after the combine. And then they reworked contracts with, like, veteran. I'm talking Cam Jordan and Demario Davis and Tyron Matthew and Alvin Kamara and Lattimore. They reworked and restructured all these contracts where it was, no, let's not cut these guys. Let's bring them all back. Taysom Hill's coming back. Like, all of these guys are coming back. It was as if last year, okay, it didn't work. But what if we added a quarterback to all that core? Yeah, yeah. Would it work? Yeah. Um, it almost feels like what the Jets are doing in a way where it's, we've got this core and we, we're just a quarterback away. Mm. And that's what the Saints viewed it as. I look at Mickey Loomis, who's the general manager of the New Orleans Saints and has been there, was part of the group that hired Sean Payton way back when in 2004. And I, he's still the GM and he's still making moves. And like, I think he's looking at what you're looking at, Jason. And it's not just the quarterbacks. They're looking at teams that, all right, the Panthers have the first overall pick. The Falcons, they're in complete rebuild mode. The Buccaneers are in this depressive state right now where it's either Baker mm -hmm. Mayfield, Kyle Trask, or whatever. We don't even know. We're coming yeah. up with Tom Brady. Yeah. I think the Saints general manager, Mickey Loomis, looked at it and said, I'm not rebuilding. I'm doubling, tripling down. And for that, I'll always take the veteran team over the question really? of unknowns. Mm -hmm. I, the Raiders, I just don't know what Can it I is. Can I ask you something? Like, Dennis Allen, one of the most low-profile coaches in the league by far. Take 30 seconds and Dennis decided about Dennis Allen. What is it? What He's is a defensive it? coach. Yeah. They're, they're saying, we're going to have another shot. Okay. And like, Dennis Allen obviously had great success as a defensive coordinator in right. the league and then gets the head job and now has been bouncing around, but he's in New Orleans. Odd. That was their decision. There's no talk about him at all. No, no it wasn't on the hot seat. They yeah. were like, he's our coach no matter what yeah. after last year. Because we looked at that coach's picture. I mean, yeah, who was there it? was nothing, you know? I, nothing to say, yeah. nothing to be. It was also, just, it was just I'd say last year's Monday night game in Tampa where they had him the whole game yeah. and at the last second Brady comes back and there yeah. were so many head-scratching things. He's like, is this the year you go to an offensive coach? No, they just said, let's yeah. stick with Dennis Allen and then let's get him a quarterback. So mm. Derek Carr's never won 
a huge game in his NFL career. I think that's fair to say. Definitely he won the Week not. 18 game against the Chargers, and that's fine. But yeah. in that division, to your point, and in the NFC, which is wide open, Saints are very, very fun. Mm-hmm. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 